there are a lot of really good people at the VA who want nothing more to help veterans. But like, you know, Warren Buffett said it, he was talking about markets when he said this, but like, you got to look at what boat you're in. <laughs> you know, these guys, these guys are trying to row a cruise ship, you know, hey, take, take a quick left turn. Like that boat doesn't move like that, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's, <clears throat> that's where, you know, organizations like, like the ones who, that me and my team have put together can step in. We can be the speedboat that can guide this cruise ship into calmer waters and, and into a better way of treating these ailments. Welcome everyone to another episode of Insightful Inquiries. This month, we welcome Sam Peterson to the podcast. Sam is a former explosive ordnance disposal technician and military contractor turned mental health entrepreneur. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Invictus Project, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering veterans to live more fulfilled lives by treating the root causes of traumatic brain injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder, and depression. He also serves as the director of veteran programs for Altior Healthcare. Sam and Kervin go in-depth on new treatments for mental health and traumatic brain injuries. Kervin and Sam are passionate about mental health, but they are not healthcare professionals. The discussions they have here are intended for informational and conversational purposes. If you or someone you know is dealing with mental health issues, please seek professional help. All right. Welcome, Sam Peterson, to the podcast. Sam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, you know, a great day here in Denver, Colorado. I'm really excited to be here with you. Oh, yeah, man. It's so good to have you. I think uh, I think Pfizer may be doing something because it has been quite a day to get some podcasts out today with this, uh, with my program that I'm using. So it's good to finally uh, finally be able to do this. And I'm so excited to have you. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. I think there's there's just so much to cover when it comes to the different options that we have available, you know, in the mental health arena nowadays. And and I don't think that they've given you know gotten enough airtime. So I'm really excited to you know be the tip of the spear on educating folks on you know where we sit in mental health right now and and where the technology's at and and how they can. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to have you on. I'm not. I'm not a mental health expert, but I am a huge proponent of mental health, especially among veterans, especially among um, special forces veterans and EOD guys like yourself. But before we get into all of that, I want to give you a moment to introduce yourself, you know, what you've done in the past and and where you're at today and what you're working on. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks so much. So, you know, I'm Sam Peterson. I'm a former Army bomb technician got two deployments uh, downrange with um, as an EOD technician, uh, one with conventional forces and then one attached to uh, an ODA. So you know got to got to really experience quite a bit of, of the Afghan theater, uh, a ton of improvised explosive devices you know under my belt, my team's belt. and <clears throat> that was all well and good. I absolutely loved loved the EOD job and the mission of the military. but one of the things they don't tell you about, being an EOD tech is how high the suicide rate is. And there hasn't been a lot of of light shown on that aspect of the job. And you know the whenever I tell people like, yeah, I'm in mental health, you know, I tell them what I used to do in the army and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm in mental health. They're like, oh, that's a pretty big jump. And I was like, actually, I don't I don't really think so. It makes perfect sense because of the level of traumatic blasts and just routine blasts that many bomb technicians and special forces operators are submitted to or subjected to on, you know, a monthly or yearly basis. It's quite, quite a bit. And all of that, that blast damage is cumulative and it causes a a variety of, of symptoms, a variety of disorders. And a lot of times it leads to suicide. And, you know, there's, there's just not enough focus on that. And, you know, although there are a lot of people in the industry trying to do great things, um, I don't think there's enough of a unified effort to really address 
you know, TBI, especially at its root cause. Right. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to ask you, um, like, what was the aha moment for you? Yeah. So my, my big aha moment was, you know, I was looking at getting out of the army. I was really struggling after my second deployment and, you know, I, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, like I, I almost took my head off with my 45 was just sitting there like in my rooms. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Having panic attacks every single day. I was like, fuck man, I'm done. (laughs) I don't, I'm ready to punch out. And, uh, you know, one of my, one of my buddies, like my phone went off in my pocket and that's the reason I didn't pull the trigger because my gun was all the way to my mouth and, you know, invited me, invited me over to like kind of our version of Christmas and ended up saving my life that night. And I was able to, you know, do some more research and find out about these alternative therapies like ketamine, like hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And I just immersed, just full on, you know, ran into that alternative medicine pathway and it really saved my life. And I didn't realize how profound that was, like for me and how profound that experience could be for my community until five months later, you know, a mentor of mine walked out into his backyard and shot himself in the head with his three-year-old kid in the house. And I was like, shit, dude, that could have been me. Like, and, and if I had known that he was suffering, like I could have pulled him onto this path too. But I mean, I was the last guy to talk to him in the motor pool and you never would have known. Like there were, there were no signs. It was, you know, smoking and joking, happy go lucky, just, just like he always was. And then just like that, he's gone. And it was at that moment, I was like, oh my God, like what? You just feel so powerless in that movie. Like, could I, could I have done anything different? And I was like, no, but I sure as shit can make sure that this kind of shit doesn't happen again. And that I dedicated my life from that point on um, to, to learning more about, about TBI, about PTSD, and really just creating more effective treatment programs for those ailments because and and i learned this through the jury like we can repair the brain you know we can downregulate inflammation we can rewire the prefrontal cortex we can make it so people don't have to feel this way all the time and we can do it very rapidly and so that from that point on it's just been you know full uh full send and trying to read access and and so you're you know EOD tech, bomb tech, you are, you've got MBA, you so you've got business background. How did you get smart on all this medical stuff? Just, uh, well, I started, honestly, I started listening to, uh, listening to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot. <laughs> and, you know, we had, you know, had, you know, Dr. Mark Gordon on there um, and, uh, and Andrew Mark from the Warrior Angel Foundation. I was like, okay, cool. Like I've got someone that I can vector in on who knows a little bit more about TBI. I reached out to Dr. Gordon. Um, and man, that guy is, you want to feel stupid, call that, <laughs> call that. Um, and then really it was just, you know, listening to how these thought leaders in the space were talking about this stuff and then just reading PubMed, man, and talking to doctors, like, you know, talking to anesthesiologists and psychiatrists about ketamine, like, Hey, like explain to me a little bit about how this works. And then I would go do my own research and come back and be like, all right, well, you know, I would see like walk into a ketamine clinic, for instance, and I see, all right, cool. You guys are doing ketamine really well, but if you just use ketamine alone, you're typically seeing like six to eight weeks of, uh, of symptom reduction. I was like, what, what can we do to like make that better? What do you think doc? And, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, here's a couple ideas and be like, Hey, you know, I know this guy over here is doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy. What if we put those together? Cause what I'm reading now in, in the publications you know, is that, you know, ketamine downregulates inflammation, like, and you guys see a huge drop in depression right after you do this. That's the whole reason you have this clinic. Well, yeah. Well, what if we took that and paired it, you know, with this other treatment modality? And it was literally just stack, stack, stack until, you know, we ended up with the programs that we have now. Can you kind of explain ketamine for people who uh, may not know what it is or just think it's some sort of drug uh, that, that has no uses. <laughs> it, well, it is some sort of drug. Right. <laughs> it's, but it's actually, people don't know this, it was categorized by the World Health Organization as one of the most important medical advancements of the 21st century. 
because it is a disassociative anesthetic that downregulates inflammation and it, it causes the dissociation of the mind and the body without repressing or suppressing the respiratory system like opiates. So uh, it's used in battlefield medicine. So if you've got a traumatic amputation, ketamine is typically the first thing that that medical uh, individual is going to reach for to anesthetize the patient or take some of that pain away. Because if you just shoot them full of fentanyl, there's a, you know, a decent chance that you can cause some um, you know, reactions that could kill the patient. Ketamine is also used in bariatric medicine and pediatric medicine. It, is, it has an incredibly uh, great safety profile. <clears throat> you know, kind of the the way that that it works is it's a disassociative anesthetic. So it it works on the neuroreceptor glutamate. <clears throat> it antagonizes the uh, it antagonizes the the neuroreceptor and causes the cellular glutamate. That's you know, this is the molecule that's responsible for all your cells doing things. It causes that glutamate to be expelled out of the cell into the cerebral spinal fluid, into the intracellular space. And then at the end of the, you know, the drugs, you know, cycle, that glutamate comes back in and it gets reallocated. So think of all of that neurotransmitter that's responsible for all your cells doing things, leaving the cell, coming back in. And when it comes back in, it goes to different spots. And that's why patients report that kind of control alt delete of the brain that's why we see that rapid relief from these symptoms and it also downregulates inflammatory cytokine production so it downregulates inflammatory marker production um, which can be great for people experiencing traumatic brain injury symptoms <laughs> it also upregulates neuroplasticity so you know your neurons reaching out and creating new connections and all of those are really important when we're talking about treating things like traumatic brain injuries, PTSD, depression, and anxiety, because all of like all four of those are highly inflammatory. So that's, that's all ketamine in a nutshell. <laughs> right. So, so when you're doing this, does, so if you have somebody on these treatments, um, that is suffering with PTSD or depression, is this, this is a lifelong treatment or is it, is there a point at which they will not need the, the ketamine combined with everything else that you're doing so the way that we use ketamine if you were to just use ketamine alone you'd typically be looking and this is you know indicated in the clinical literature you're typically looking at between six to ten weeks after a series of six uh infusions you know six to ten weeks of you know relief or or substantial relief from those symptoms but you know depending on lifestyle depending on the person and how they responded you know, the, that monkey starts to creep back up here. And that's why, you know, in our programs, ketamine is not our only, you know, our only treatment modality. It's, you know, one of the first line treatments that we can use to give someone space from their symptoms. And, you know, what I like to tell our patients is ketamine can give you a taste of what you could feel like all the time, but that combination of transcranial magnetic stimulation and hyperbaric oxygen therapy is going to make that your new normal. Can you kind of explain the um, the what you're talking about the uh, cranial, the yeah, transcranial magnetic stimulation? Yeah, so, yeah, it's an MRI coil. <laughs> so you know, think about how an MRI coil works. You're passing electricity through a coil. It creates a magnetic field. When you create a magnetic field in in space, you also create a perpendicular electrical field. So now we're taking this coil, we're sticking it on the head, um, and we're you know we're creating that magnetic field over, you know, a place like the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which is typically underactive in depression and PTSD. So we put the magnet there, it creates that magnetic field under the surface of the scalp, and that stimulates neurons to wire together in a network more cohesively. And what that functionally does, because if you, you know, read the clinical literature, depression, PTSD, we're typically seeing an underactive prefrontal cortex and an overactive hindbrain, like in the case of post-traumatic stress, an amygdala. So your amygdala is just revving up constantly and it's taking up, you know, those neural networks are stronger than this neural network up here. And, you know, I'm sure some doctor somewhere is going to, is going to rip me in the comments, but you know, what, one of the things I, to just simplify it is like, you know, your prefrontal cortex job is to tell the rest of your brain to shut the fuck up. 
And right. if its voice is not loud enough, guess what? The amygdala is back here screaming, you know, screaming uh, louder. So what we're able to do with transcranial magnetic stimulation is reinforce that network, give that prefrontal cortex more of a voice in this shouting match between these two areas. Of the brain. And what that, what that functionally means is, you know, for an individual who suffered from this stuff, instead of just getting sucked into the depression hole or, you know, upregulated into a panic attack. Now, <laughs> because we've, we've empowered that system, we've created a more dense network of neurons. Now you've got, you know, more of a dimmer switch. You're like, okay, cool. I can see the depression hole coming. Maybe I'll step to the side a little bit. Maybe I don't have to get, you know, pulled away on this rocket ship, you know, straight into a panic attack. I can sidestep. Now, it doesn't mean the trigger is not there, but my ability to regulate my response to that trigger has been increased. And the cool thing about that is it's pretty, pretty long lasting. Then that's, that's what I wanted to get to next. If you can speak to it, um, I don't know if you guys are in trials or anything like that, but what are the kind of results that you guys have seen going through this whole process? So, I mean, it's not just what we've seen, like TMS, especially like all of these, all of these things are very well studied. Um, it's not just us doing it. We are standing on the shoulders of giants. We're standing on other industry leaders like Brainsway, you know, who have done this amazing research. And what they've seen is that, uh, you know, with TMS, just with TMS alone, and I believe the study that I'm about to quote is 30, about 30 sessions. Um, so they did a fairly, fairly large cohort, and there was a sham controlled uh, double blind and sham controlled study. So, you know, the, really the gold standard of, of clinical research. And what they found was 74% and I'm doing these numbers off the top of my head. So please don't <laughs> crucify me in the comments, but you know, 74% of individuals responded to treatment. So treatment response is a 50% or greater reduction in symptoms. 50% of the individuals who responded went into full symptom remission. And I believe it was a year later, they went back and looked at, you know, all of the study participants and found that the, that 50% of the individuals who responded to treatment no longer qualified for the depression diagnosis still. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's, that's just one, you know, that's one, one treatment modality. Um, when you combine this with something like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, um, with intensive psychotherapy, with nutritional optimization, you know, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing that, you know, that 50%, uh, expand and, you know, we're, we're relatively new at this, but I'm very, very encouraged by, by the results we're seeing. And you guys are, so I think you, you had told me you guys are doing, taking in veterans and also doing civilian side as well, but just sticking to, to veterans here, do you, yeah. do you find it tough to promote this to veterans because of mental health. And, and I, I, when I was in listen, mental health was not something that you talked about. You know, if you went to see a psychiatrist, you went to get a, um, a mental health diagnosis that you were talked down to or, or looked down upon, or maybe didn't even get a position that you were trying to get to or a promotion that you were trying to get because of that. Are you still seeing that or, or have we flipped the page on mental health in the military? I think that as far as like the active duty side goes, that page is like probably 40% of the way there. I can't, I can't speak to it myself. I've been out since 2015, but like just from what I'm seeing from the outside looking in, I think we're getting there. We're getting to a focal point and you know, this, this goes back to the stigma, you know, I know when I, when I self-refer to behavioral health, like you know, I got told by my command structure, like, oh no, if you need help, you know, it's fine. Like you're going to be just fine. I was in a fucking EOD team leader. I'm like, cool, man. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm really struggling after my deployment. I go to behavioral health, self-refer to behavioral health and everything was good. Like got the, you know, started to feel a little bit better. And then I got a response call, you know, Hey, there's a grenade in Grand Junction. We need you to jump in the truck go grab some bang and go handle that piece of ordinance. And I went to go get into the ASP on Fort Carson. And they're like, eh, 
you got a flag. And I was like, wow, uh, the hell do you mean I got a flag? And like, well, command structure just told me I was going to be okay. And you know, I, I don't think, I think that we're, we are moving away from that. And especially as we start to bring these treatments to active duty, we're going to see that page turn. Cause here's the thing, like, you know, back in 2015, yeah, man, like the traditional establishment was, you know, in the full, in full bore. So, you know, that, that feeling that my mental health diagnosis is a brand that's on my forehead is very, very real. And the reason is like, okay, like none of the treatment protocols that, that the army used, at least at that time have, you know, any efficacy at actually treating the root cause. It's all just symptom banded. So, all right, cool. Like, wait, you're fucked up and you stay fucked up. And that was kind of the deal. Yeah. That's the, uh, 800 milligram Motrin to uh to solve all problems yeah it's and you know luckily we're getting we're getting headway in that direction you know and that's on the active duty side i think a lot of that carried over you know it carries over to the veteran community but that's just because these guys don't understand yet that they don't have to feel like this all the time that with you know a 30 to 45 day treatment program we can get them back you know, pretty damn close to where they were before the injury, depending on severity. You know, I don't want to make any untoward claims here, but we can do a lot of good and we can, we can scrub, you know, scrub that brand off their forehead, uh, with the right treatments and in a, a long enough time frame. And, and when I say a long enough time frame, like it's, it's not as long as you think, you know, within, within six months to a year, you could be back like all the way. It, again, it just depends on severity and, and, and lifestyle choices yeah, as well. Everybody's different. Protocol. Yeah, everybody's different. So again, I don't want to make any, I don't want to make any crazy claims. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's funny because you said you talked about you know you don't have to feel this way anymore, and it, it brings up like the the internet meme where you're talking to the doctor and you ask you know what's the normal amount of pain, and he's like zero, and you go you know most military members will go uh, well nope. <laughs> It's not normal for me. The normal amount of pain for me is is at a higher threshold than that, and I think that has something to do with it. That uh, and even with my story of having to go through mental ish, mental health issues, I didn't know I had a problem. I had to have someone tell me uh, who was my wife, who uh, who pulled. And I always tell this story that um, I love the Churchill quote that says, "You know, if you're going through hell, keep going." It you know. You just, you're going to make it through. But what he doesn't tell you is as you're going through hell, you're not going to make it out unless you've got somebody else there with you pulling you out. I had that in my life because I would have never noticed it. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me like there, there is an education issue. It, the oh, yeah. facts are not getting out to the veteran community. Is the VA helping you at all? I mean, so we're in network with the VA. Uh, okay. Our program, our, our inpatient program, Patriot Power Up, is in network with the VA. <laughs> so they're they're coming around. Um, it's just you, you got to understand, like you're dealing with a system, you're dealing with a very large system. It's a battleship. There are a lot of really good people at the VA who want nothing more to help veterans, but like. You know, Warren Buffett said it. He was talking about markets when he said this, but like, you got to look at what boat you're in. <laughs> you know, these guys, these guys are trying to row a cruise ship. You know, hey, take take a quick left turn. Like that boat doesn't move like that, man. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's <clears throat> that's where you know organizations like like the ones that me and my team have put together can step in. We can be the speedboat that can guide this cruise ship into calmer waters and, and into a better way of treating these ailments. So, you know, to kind of answer your question, <laughs> which is also kind of the thing about VAs is like, if you've seen one VA, you've seen one VA. Yeah. <laughs> Spokane, Washington is different from Denver is different from, you know, Minneapolis. So yeah, I, I, I think they're, that we're moving and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure we move in the right direction. Right. So let's, let's talk about your organization for a second. Um, so can you tell us the organization and then how it all got started? Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's a couple. <laughs> so, so the, right after, you know, the whole suicide thing, um, you know, getting out, 
got into traumatic brain injury research and I started an outpatient clinic uh, with two doctors here in Denver. It's called Mind Spa, and we offer you know deep transcranial magnetic stimulation, ketamine infusion therapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, uh, med- medication management, and talk therapy. And we we you know are in network with all major insurance companies. We're in network with Tricare, um, so we do a lot of vets and first responders. We're also in network with the VA, and that's the the contention um, kind of started because I was seeing the VA in Denver would refer refer uh, service members to us, veterans to us, and they would only allow them to get talk therapy. And I'm like, mothers, like I'm these guys who are coming in with complex PTSD. They're coming in with traumatic brain injuries. There's a huge inflammatory process going on in the brain. They're having to walk past the door. It's like right there, like, man, behind door number one, you could not be in pain anymore. Behind door number two, we can make that your new normal. And you're going to have to go in door number four because the VA doesn't want to pay. So, you know, I got an opportunity. <laughs> Another company came in and it was just breaking my heart. I'm like, God damn it. Like, we got to find a way to do something um, for these guys who can't necessarily afford it, who don't, you know, don't have the financial means. Because like when we're talking about these treatment protocols, it's it's tens of thousands of dollars, you know, out of if you were to pay for this stuff out of pocket, you, you'd be talking probably minimum fuzzy math, like $24,000 if you were to pay for it out of pocket. So I got approached by a company uh, called Altior uh, and they said, hey, we have a VA contract. We are really interested in making the best veteran program that we possibly can we have some experience, our CEO has some experience working with veterans, but we need someone to take the reins and and create, you know, the best veteran program possible. So I wrote up a 10 page proposal. I slapped it in front of the CEO. I was like, if you do exactly what's on that piece of paper, you will have the best program in the country because we were already seeing these these results at MindSpa because, you know, we take TRICARE. So we, we were able to, you know, use that combination of TMS, ketamine and hyperbaric on veterans already we just couldn't broaden the scope of who we could treat so so we did it <laughs> you know they they already had the va contract it started on august 1st of 2023 and they asked me to come on and i said you know if this is how we get access to care i'm all about it like let's let's figure out a way to make this the new normal for our vets and so you know <laughs> we got a couple of brand new renovated duplexes um, so it's like staying at a posh Airbnb. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the hosp- the hospital feel. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's conducive to healing and a, definitely not a fan of, uh, putting guys in grippy socks and taking away their, uh, taking away their shoelaces when they're supposed to be healing their brain. Right. You know, we created this really awesome environment that, you know, feels like you're staying in a posh Airbnb, but it's a psychiatric facility. And, you know, we have partners that provide you know ketamine tms and we have hyperbaric uh hyperbaric chamber on site so that if someone as long as someone meets the clinical criteria to engage with those treatments and that's you know we're part of the va so we do have to you know we do have to fall in line with va guidelines and we're you know good about that as long but as long as someone meets those clinical criteria for symptom severity like we're able to provide those and yeah, that's, that's how Patriot Power Up got started. And, you know, we've, we've been treating, <laughs> treating vets since early October of 2023, and we're starting to see some really, really amazing results. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, coming in at moderate to severe levels of depression and anxiety and within an average of 18 days, that's one eight, like these guys are in full symptom remission, you know? We're talking, you know, going from a PHQ-9 of, you know, 20 to 24 to 4 to 5 in 18 to 22 days. And, Drastic improvement. Oh, yeah, man. And and not just, you know, it's not just that these depression and anxiety scores are precipitously dropping because they are. What we're also seeing is that individuals who have you know mild to moderate traumatic brain injuries are seeing a drastic increase in their executive function you know up to 40 percent so you know we can take someone from holy shit i want to die to okay like here now now good and i'm starting to feel kind of awesome right 
And, you know, we're, we're continuing to build this program out. You know, I'm working on some, working on some partnerships to hopefully bring in, you know, potentially some hormone replacement options. Uh, you know, the whole goal of this thing though, is like, I want to be able to create a single place where we can take someone who is experiencing profound brokenness and immediately connect them at zero cost to interventions that are are perfectly designed to address the root cause of their issues and and we're you know we're doing a pretty damn good job of it right now and it's only gonna get better yeah this is it, this is incredible because I, I don't know if if everyone understands the sheer loneliness that happens uh as, especially as soon as the uniform comes off and oh, yeah. and the way I describe it is you lose a sense of purpose. Um, oh, yeah. And if you don't go out and try to find your purpose again, it can lead you to where you were, you know, yeah. back back when, whenever, before you received that phone call to, to go to your friend's house. What? So I have tons and tons of questions. So I'm going to try to go one at a time here. Are you guys utilizing psychiatrists to? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Like ketamine, ketamine and TMS are psychiatric procedures. So you will see it like in our program, you will see a licensed psychologist who is a veteran. You will see, you know, a psychiatrist or psychiatrist isn't a veteran, but he's, he's still pretty awesome. <laughs> but so, I think that's a key designator there that your oh, psychologist yeah. is a, is a veteran. Yeah. No, Dr. Droses, he's amazing. You know, former, former air force psychologist. So he gets so not really a veteran. No, I'm just kidding. Air Force guys, don't don't blast me on that. <laughs> I mean, hey, he was a civilian. He was part of the you know civilians that all wear the same pajamas, right? Just <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, but you could argue that he was smarter than the rest of us. Yeah, that's a real argument to be made. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> so, so yeah, that. That is perfect. You know, I mean, it, you're smart on this than, than all of me, but going than what I would probably ever be. But just going into it, I was like, that doesn't have to be that way. If I can learn it, anybody can. That, you know? yeah, just read the publications. You just read the publications, man. And that's, that's part of like, I think w- what prepared me to be in this situation was being in the OD tech because you're not, you know, we're not expected to memorize every piece of explosive ordinance that's ever been created over all time. No, we are trained to go into a brand new austere environment to identify the hazard and then do a reconnaissance on that hazard and then take that reconnaissance back to our publications where we have all of this knowledge and then look it up, figure out how to fix it and go perform that render safety. Like, right. It's kind of what we're doing here. <laughs> right. It takes an EOD, a former EOD tech, to understand all that stuff. Bom- bombs to brains. Bombs oh. to brains. Not, bombs to brains, maybe. Not bombs, Brian's. Uh, no, not <laughs> bombs, brains. No, the, it's just so fascinating to me because of pulling myself out of this. I wish I would have had something like this to identify it. Are you guys putting these veterans through an MRI to identify their, their brain waves and the, the certain aspects of their brain. So, uh, not an MRI. Okay. Cause an MRI is not, unless you're using, you know, like a five to seven Tesla with a DTI, uh, track programmed in it, you're not going to be able to see damage to the brain really. And I know, you know, guys out there who have, you know, been seen by the VA, they're like, yeah, I remember like I'm having migraines every day. They sent me to get an MRI and they said I was normal. Like, nah. <laughs> so what what we're doing now is using um, you know, self-reporting cuz like I said, brand new program. We're still building out the capabilities on um on the front end. We're bringing in uh quantitative EEG and there's a new device that can actually measure blood flow in the cortex that we're looking at uh potentially partnering with. So you know, that combined with a full neuropsychiatric evaluation. So like, uh, do you remember the ANAM? You know, I had to like click all the buttons when you got back from deployment. Yep. Yeah. So there's a version of that that's called uh, CNS Vital Signs. Uh, we use that. It gives us, you know, 15 
different measures of neurocognitive function. That's what we're using currently. And it's kind of a gold standard. Um, it's It's been validated in courts for measuring TBI. Uh, we're bringing in the EEG. That's happening happening soon. And then we do a lot of, you know, self-reporting, like, how am I feeling? What, like, you know, am I, is there pain? <clears throat> and this is all self-reported through the, uh, through the Neuroflow app. So we use Neuroflow to, excuse me, to make sure that, uh, you know, our guys are actually getting better, feeling better. And we're going to be introducing, we're working on a, a project as well to introduce wearables. So oh, wow. being able to see, being able to see, and th- this is all stuff that's in development. So Nobody hold my feet to the fire on this. <laughs> this, this. This this baby, she's she's brand new. She's brand new. She's awesome, but uh, you know she's still got a lot of growing up to do. So, you know, we're going to be looking at using wearables, using EEG, like really collecting all of this data because that's what changes. That's that's the only thing that's going to be able to move this back is showing irrevocably that what we are doing is is changing you know the the outcomes of the individual and the individual's neurophysiology and and their physiology as a whole as well right so how do we change the narrative because the the mental health stigma is still alive today even with all the the promotion of it there's just there is something within the military and the veteran community where we do not ask for help like the self-reporting does not happen that's why i go back to having somebody else there that that kind of tells you and and reports for you what what should we be doing to i mean it's honestly like let's (laughs) so from my perspective like my solution to this problem is one get more vets help and two to capture the data and three help to capture the story because that's how how did we get to this place in the first place? We passed down the stories from one dude who went to behavioral health to the next. Like, hey man, you go there, like you're gonna fuck up your clearance. Hey man, you go there, you're not gonna be able to fly anymore. Hey man, you go there, they're gonna kick you off, you know, kick you off the ODA, and you're going to battalion. That's how we got here. Was yep. through you know a system that was not designed to treat the root cause, and then the stories that came about and came around from that. So. It's just, we have to, one, keep doing the good work and two, capture the data and the stories and just get it out there. Because once people understand that they don't have to be this way all the time, they don't have to be in pain all the time, that really changes the narrative. Like, you know, I, like one of our, one of our patients who he just graduated the program and did fantastic. This dude was wake. He got, he got blown up in Iraq, hum, like in the turret, hit an IED and a Humvee and got launched. He woke up every single day for 19 years with a migraine. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Like waking up every day with like a stabbing pain behind your eye and within a week of being in our program, like hasn't had a migraine since. Wow. Like, and when you're, when you have that for so long, it seems normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's, that's what, really what I want to get the root yeah. to this is that because it's it's happened to me and it's probably happening right now. There's pain, you know, knee. We all have knee pain and back pain, just yeah. having rucking and stuff like that. That's not that's not normal. This way, I want to you know next. I would love to be able to incorporate some some different stem cell therapies in this program. And hey, it's. I think I think we could, you know, down the very road. interested in in stem. You know, that's a different conversation. <laughs> never, never conversation. That. Different conversation. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we are we are not doing that right now. <laughs> but I'm. I would love to just you know, from from head to toe. You know that that's my goal as the as the director of veteran programs is to like is to make this you know not only a great an awesome program but man if I had my way if I had a magic wand and I could just you know. Expelleramus, a you know perfect program. I would I would be able to take take a veteran in, get a full scan of their entire body, their brain, all of the the functionality therein, get a sample of their gut microbiome, and then take every every single major ache and pain from from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet, and you know really use a regenerative medicine approach to healing that stuff because like you know. Dude, screw this whole model of the revolving door. 
there's so little validity to that, in my opinion. Now, I get the the big pharma wants you to keep coming back and you know keep coming back through the door so they keep making money, dude. Screw that. There's enough sick people that we don't need to have that approach in mental health anymore. Like I will. The goal of Patriot Power Up and these programs that we're we're creating is to take a veteran in to identify the issues and to heal the root cause of them and then send them on their way at a level of functionality that is such that they do not have to ever access that intensity of care ever again. Now, that's not to say life's not going to bump into you. Right. It's going to happen. And you should feel comfortable asking for help when shit does happen. But, you know, I want to I want to be taking people from, you know, baseline negative 12 to baseline seven, eight, nine. Right. And so that, and that has become my issue, not to get on a soapbox here, but yeah. with, the, with at least the, the U.S. healthcare system, um, it's just, you know, you watch a show like House about a doctor who will go above, who will do unethical things to save a person's life. And having seen family members go through the medical, the, the healthcare system and just be given pills not finding the root cause and not wanting to find the root cause. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've argued with a doctor who was trying to kick a family member out of the hospital because they said, well, we got them to their baseline without knowing what the baseline was. The baseline that they had was what they were when they got to the hospital. Sorry, that's not a baseline. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, <laughs> that's uh, I mean, especially if you're, you know, reporting to an emergency department, that's just not right. And I mean, also, you know, emergency departments have been shouldering the burden of mental health emergencies for a long time, and it is not the place for that. You know, it, and honestly, like even the, some psychiatric hospitals, like I know that they're doing good work, like it's important to stabilize people, but the sterile environment, take your shoelaces, rubber socks thing, like I would like to see some of these more progressive um, treatments like ketamine when it is clinically indicated being offered in those settings. Because if you just take someone who's, and I, I've got patients that I've got, you know, guys who are going through um, or trying to get into our program that this has happened to, they're like, hey, dude, I'm like, I'm not in a good place. I, I am suicidal. But the second I use that word and I tell these fuckers I have a plan or I got a gun in my car, like I'm getting rubber socked. Right. And it's going to be, you know, 72 to 160 hours of the worst fucking time in my life. And then I'm just going to want to blow my head off when I'm done. And I've seen that too many times to not immediately identify a problem, you know? And, and it, <clears throat> I don't want to just throw stones at these guys because they are trying to help. But I, yeah, I don't think it's a people problem. It's a system yeah. problem. So yeah. it's not it's not the doctors. And and I would apologize to every doctor that I did yell at because I'm really yelling at the system and what you know what what whatever that system is, what they have to deal with. You know, yeah. because these guys are seeing hundreds, maybe thousands of patients a day uh, on a day, especially in the ER in the emergency room system. And uh, so it's it's just very awe-inspiring to, to talk to somebody like you who is trying to make a change, who is trying to fix the root cause, because that's how we really fix the entire system. I would, I'd like to know if you have any of the data that you can, can let everybody know of. What I'm really interested in is what military occupational specialties are you seeing the most issues with as, as far as the most people from a certain MOS comes in? Uh, you know, I don't think we have enough data to really to point a to point a definitive answer to that question yet. Um, you know, I'd certainly love to you know stay in touch and make sure that you know if we do start to come to those conclusions <clears throat> that that we're able to see that. What I would say offhand and without that data to support my opinion on that would be um, the special forces community big time. So, you know, your Green Berets, your Navy SEALs, your Force Recon, Marines, and, and you know, your Air Force uh, TACPs and, uh, and combat controllers, simply because, and, and this is more on like the TBI side of the house, like firing shoulder, uh, shoulder, or sorry, no, 
uh, shoulder fired rocket launchers and missile launchers like you are literally getting a propellant yeah. charge that is going off next to your head and you're doing that just in training alone several times a day that has consequences just like one time we we're you know in eod we get issued a 50 caliber uh a 50 caliber cyber rifle to do small munition disruption so it's basically like hey what do we do with that sub munition clad well just fucking shoot it <laughs> and, and, and man, just one day on the range our first garrison came down and he said you have to wear your kevlar while you're shooting this thing and i was like probably not smart and this thing is a dome shaped reflection device that's taking that blast wave and pumping it straight back into my brain and then you ever shoot a barrett you know with without headgear on and then you throw an ach on or, or a mitch and uh, let me tell you the headache is real so you know i would say that you know again my opinion is these uh these mos's that have you know, continued exposure to blast overpressure um, are the first ones in line. So, you know, breachers also huge. Like you're in a very small hallway at a fucking explosive, you know, blast blanket or no, you're still eating that. And, you know, I challenge you to go find someone who's done a ton of explosive breaching and find me someone who's not having issues. Like, right. You're, you're, you're going to, you're going to be looking for a long time. Right. And the reason I asked is because uh, I would, I'd love to, you know, see that and promote that as something that the the military, the, the Department of Defense can do to increase pay for these kind of MOSs that are more prone to this kind of stuff because they're going to pay for it in the future and you're going to have to pay for it monetarily in the future. I don't know. I don't know if giving people more money on the back end <laughs> for disability is the answer. Like, I, I mean, that's great, but how about we just make sure that we're putting like before someone gets out okay cool you get a nuclear spec scan a quantitative eeg you get your blood work done all right cool your testosterone's in the shitter like what can we do to correct that okay cool i'm seeing that your your brain's output voltage is much less than someone from your age category should be especially a high performer (laughs) like let's okay boom hyperbaric oxygen therapy ketamine like other regenerative therapies like let's just take let's take these treatments and pipe them closer to the point of injury because if you take someone and you know forgive me this is off the top of my head i don't have the the data right in front of me um but if you if you were to take someone who who just had a concussion there are versus someone who's had a concussion like say 10 years ago if you're using like hyperbaric oxygen therapy as, as a treatment modality, the closer that you get to that injury, the less the less treatment you need. So you know you get within the first 72 hours, and all of a sudden you know, we're talking five to 10 to 20 sessions of hyperbaric oxygen therapy to potentially get the same therapeutic effect. That down the line, it's going to take 40, 50, 60 treatments to get. So you know I think. My answer is like, well, what? Why don't we just take that, take that money and pipe it closer to the injury? Yeah, yeah, I like that because it goes back to, to what I was talking about with baseline. You know, mm-hmm. your your baseline can change for a, a medical professional, just like you talked about. You know, that seventy two hours that would be perfect to to understand that something has changed here. Nineteen years later, it's tough to go. Well, let's get them back to their baseline because we don't know what it is. Because for that person, it was stabbing between the eyes every morning. That that was the norm. <clears throat> well, and you know, to that point, like, yes, it, it's really important to get you know as close as we can to the to get treatment as close to that injury as we can. But that's not to say that even if a lot of time has elapsed, that we can't still heal that injury. You know, I've worked on creating a. A ste- an intranasal stem cell with a doctor uh, out of Aspen, Dr. Hughes, tbitherapy.com. Check it out if you're interested. You know, it's he he developed an intranasal stem cell protocol, an intranasal uh, platelet-rich plasma protocol that can actually heal the brain after a TBI, like very rapidly. Um, we actually did it with me and my dad. So my dad, uh, you know, and it's kind of like foreshadowing to the rest of, of my life, the dude fell off a three-story roof 
and landed on a bed of concrete. The only thing that saved his life was the wooden step at the bottom of the back of his head hit. Oh. And I mean, plus, well, plus he had obstructive sleep apnea. So, you know, think about someone who is in that constant inflammatory cascade for my entire life. And finally, you know, at the age of, he was about 61, this was back in 2018, he started getting dementia signs and he's like, hey son, like, we, we did not have a great relationship because as you can imagine, I'm a, I was a mouthy ass kid and he was a dude, he was a, a parent who was <laughs> in pain and sleep deprived all the time. So uh, we did not have, we had a contentious relationship to say the least, but he, he heard about what I was doing with, with Dr. Hughes and he's like, hey man, I'm like, I need something. So we upregulated my stem cell uh, with hyperbaric oxygen therapy drew the stem cells out of my body, concentrated them. I should, I really should say play the rich plasma. I don't want to, I don't want to mislabel this. So, you know, because we're a genetic match, he's my dad. And, and I don't know if you have kids or not, but like, if you do, they are little stem cell factories for you. So they're not just wallet draining craft factories. They can, uh, they can actually provide some value down the road. So, uh, uh, I hope everybody finds it as funny as that. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're joking. This is uh, yeah, the jokes, people. These are the jokes. The veteran community is uh, is rife with jokes, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we so we you know drew that platelet-rich plasma, that concentrated and upregulated platelet-rich plasma from my body after a series of 10 hyperbaric oxygen therapy sessions and put it into his brain and his spine. And with one treatment new dude like emotional intelligence through the roof he hasn't had you know spinal pain in years like you know and and this is still very much an emerging technology Uh, i think dr hughes has done a really good job of perfecting it but like you know this is something that we're trying to you know kind of bring to the forefront as we you know move move this needle forward but like i'm saying this to let people know that like, hey man, there's shit out there that can fucking help you. And it doesn't matter if, you know, it's, I hit my head yesterday or that was 30 years ago and now I'm starting to tip off that edge. Man, I, I, I really think you guys should get in touch with uh, with an organization that uh, my wife and I really support, which is uh, Frontotemporal Dementia, which uh, Bruce Willis is probably one of the f- most famous people that has now been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia which just wrecks your your frontal cortex and I, i'm not saying that you guys have found a solution for it or it's or it's not a cure there there is no cure but just to to be able to help these families that are in pain at the end of the day like it's a tauopathy like chronic traumatic encephalopathy alzheimer's dementia they're all tauopathies. They're they're all, you know, they're at least on the dementia and the uh, the chronic traumatic encephalopathy side. Like they are, this these problems are created by a hyperphosphorylation of the tau protein that our neurons are made of. So, I I have seen this protocol work with, you know, you can't diagnose CT until post mortem, but I've seen people with post concussive dementia like literally turn all the way around and and like that's where medicine's going. And, and I think there's also a lot of validity to, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, hyperbaric oxygen therapy being another thing that can help turn that needle back. Like what we need to do when we're treating a TBI is one, you need to downregulate inflammation in the system because you're, you're, uh, when you, when you look at the brain, how, how is it delivering resources through your blood vessels, right? Your blood, the blood vessels that innervate your brain are very, very small versus, you know, this highway right here. So think of like you have high, you know, 13 lane highway right here. When we get into the brain, you've got like a country road that's got a cliff on the other side. Now your red blood cells are going single file at times to deliver oxygen to cells on the other side. And now that allows them, once you get that glucose, that oxygen, you can make ATP. You know, that's the, the primary fuel that our, our cells run off. I think of it like, you know, burning, burning gasoline, you know, it's, it's fairly clean, you know, it does produce some waste products, but it's, it's the fuel that we're used to. Now, if there's a little bit of inflammation, all of a sudden country roads closed, baby. Like there's a landslide, that shit ain't, that truck ain't getting through. And 
Now those cells on the other side of that country road, they don't have oxygen. <laughs> so they're like, well, fuck me. Like, how do I, what do I do? And they have to resort to something called anaerobic glycolysis to make energy. That's how cancer cells make energy. And now we've gone from burning gasoline to now we're like, everybody is burnt. Everybody in that village is burning the wood stove before too long. The entire environment, you know, in the village is kind of getting this haze, like getting this toxic haze around it. And that promotes the inflammatory environment even more. So now when you get things like a buildup of these tau proteins, there's nothing to clean them up because your glial cells, your, your brain's immune system, especially in, in like situations like this is stuck in this kind of kill mode. And it's trying, these, these cells are trying to get rid of what they're seeing as a foreign contaminant and it's just not working well. So until you can address that inflammatory issue and the, the hypoxic issue at a cellular level, like you're kind of barking up the wrong tree, at least right. that's, you know, that's my opinion. And that's the opinion of a lot of medical professionals I've talked to that are, they're leaders like in this field. Now, have you found, you talked just very briefly about nutrition, but have you found that nutrition is a very important aspect to this? Oh, dude, so much. And also, um, you know, if we look at like the hyperbaric oxygen therapy research, which you kind of see is like a 50, 50, it works for some people and it works for, it doesn't work for others. My personal hypothesis is that there, and I, and I came to this because I started taking athletic greens all of a sudden and noticed a huge boost in my energy levels, like a solid 15%. And I don't think that we're looking at nutrition and its effect on the ability to heal the brain at all, especially like when it's, when it's used in conjunction with therapeutics. So what I've personally seen, and like, this is one of the things we do on our program is like, everybody's on athletic green. Like okay. you're taking it, you're taking it every day just so we can make sure that the fucking box is checked and that you're getting, you know, all of the nutritional requirements that you need and also eating it an anti-inflammatory diet as much as possible. But yeah, man, just to go back to simple answer to that question. Absolutely. Like if you're not, I mean, just, just think about how complex our cells are. There's no way, like if you're, if you're trying to engage in the healing process, that is incredibly energy intensive, and incredibly resourcing. If you don't have, you know, it'd be like if you're trying to build a house, like I'm trying to build a house, but I don't have any nails. Like, all right, well, you're building a lean to now. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's going to fall apart with a stiff wind. And I know that's kind of a, a hyperbole, but yeah, man, I, I, nutrition is so important to this whole process. There's, there's no way that you can have a positive mental health outcome, especially when you're coming back from an injury without addressing that nutrition component um, as well. And I also think there's a lot to say about like microbiome optimization um, on top of that. And I, I don't know, I don't know squat about that personally, uh, but it's something that that we're all really interested. In. Are you guys using uh, the, the, I guess the big phase now or, or fad is like adaptogens in these uh, the mushrooms like lion's mane and stuff like that are you guys using that at all to to help out or do you just not see that as effective um athletic greens has actually some adaptogens and i don't i'm not sure if it's a lion's mane or reishi i don't know i don't know off the top of my head <clears throat> but yeah i mean I'm, I'm interested in it uh it's not something that we have in our program at this time other than you know the the athletic greens but dude anything that anything that is evidence-based and can you know doesn't have any contraindications to what we're doing like hell yeah man like let's throw the kitchen sink at this so if somebody came in and they were like oh i really like to take my on it you know brain pills or whatever you wouldn't tell them no you can't do that we need to to keep you on just what we're using you know that is not of this guy decision. <laughs> I have I have a clinical team that makes those decisions on a case by case basis. <laughs> gotcha. So, you know, if someone's coming in, they're like, "Yeah, like I gotta." You know, there's sometimes you know you do have guys that want to take like crazy supplements and right. Yeah, that's 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 an I've got a medical degree question, not a not an MBA question. Yeah, <laughs> not not the business question. You know, with the business guy, I just, I put these systems together and, you know, bring, bring these really, really talented, um, and, and intelligent people together. You know, I, 
<laughs> and I and I talk about it. Which yeah. sometimes 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 I end up talking out the back end too, like and so well uh, yeah, yeah, well just you know, stip this is not medical advice from a medical yeah. professional. This is uh, I think we have to put that at the front end. <laughs> oh it'll yeah, it'll it'll be in there. Um yeah. <laughs> they're not talking about medical advice from a medical profession, but we are talking about healing that is yeah. happening and that you are seeing on a personal level. So I think that is very important. Well, also, like, I got to say, like, the whole way we put all this together was like, I was the guinea pig. Like, I was the first one to do all this stuff. There is nothing that is in our program right now that I didn't do for. Right. And, and, you know, researched it, found the validity, did it myself, got a result, and then, you know, ran it by our clinical team. So, you know, this is all of the stuff that I am saying, you know, take, take it with a grain of salt. It's not medical advice, but it is coming from a for right. And and with that said, I first want to say thank you so much. I could talk all day about this stuff, and I know absolutely nothing about it. And I just am a curious person, so I'm I'm learning a lot of good things, as you can tell. Saying some some things that you were like, hold off, no, you we're not going to do that. This is, <laughs> this is how it's going to go. That's a learning experience, and I love that. Um, but I want to give you time to let people know, you know, what you're working on now how to get involved if they want to get involved, but more importantly, if they are struggling, what who they should contact and and how they should go about maybe getting in touch with you guys or, or finding the proper medical uh, technician or medical health provider for them. Yeah. So right now, so our Patriot Power Up program, we, since we just started, we can, we're, we are in network with the VA. So we can, we can help anybody who has a a home VA within the Tri-West Community Care Region. So that's Tri-West Community Care Region number four and number five. Um, that includes the states of Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, California, Arizona, New Mexico, um, <clears throat> Texas, uh, Alaska, and Hawaii. I'm pretty sure I hit all those. And, and if you don't mind, if you just want to throw like links in the in the comments, yep. uh, page patriotpowerup.com is our website it's got a you know an admissions phone number on there and you know that's the best the best way to to get in contact also leave you know our our 800 number that goes straight to our admissions department you know so we can put it in the comments if you're in the denver area mindspadenver.com um you know we're in network with with all major insurance providers um including triwest and uh and tricare so you know, it, this is the the access is here. We're we're working on getting contracts for for the rest of the rest of the U.S. But you know, right now we're we're expanding from this footprint that we just established, and and I'll make sure to leave you know all of the information someone um, needs to get in contact, um, not only with me but with our team um, with you. So in the comments or yeah. But- in the notes or whatever yeah yeah we'll put them all in in the show notes and have them all linked out there so so everybody can see that and and hopefully get some help because i, I do want to say i really appreciate the work that you're doing because to me it looks like help is on the way for some people who are struggling uh, very mightily people that i know personally i i always tell people i'm getting tired of picking up that phone call and it's 90 percent of the time hey, so-and-so has passed away because they've killed themselves because of either TBIs or depression or both. So, or both. <laughs> help is, is on the way. I mean, I mean, for a lot of us, like, help is here, man. We're, especially if you're on the West side, um, you know, we're, we're here. We're available. You just got to get a referral from your VA provider and get with our team. We can help shepherd you through that process and, and, uh, 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 I'm a nice guy, but I get really unnice when, you know, barriers to care gets run up when they, when they don't need to be. So I'm, you know, if anybody's listening to this and you're suffering, like reach out to us, I will do everything in my power to break down every single fucking wall in your way. So you can get the care that you deserve because you, you deserve better. Like you deserve to feel better and your family deserves. And, and I really do believe that our program can help give that back to you. And, and I'm going to do, you know, it's my pledge to everyone that we're going to do every single thing that we can as an organization and as a team to expand this access to everybody who needs it. And, you know, 
if you're just hearing this for the first time, like it's also not just us. There are other organizations doing great things across the country. And even if you're in an area that like we can't, that we can't help with, like I got a really strong referral network. We can get you in with like, get you in with academy, get you in with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. There, there are great nonprofits out there that can help sponsor stuff like that. There, there are options. You don't need to be in pain all the time. And if you are like, come get help. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not alone. You are not alone. I Sam, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, it's a great conversation. Uh, can't wait for, for people to check it out. And I'm sure the phone's going to be ringing because I know yeah. a lot of people are struggling out there and they need the help. They're going through hell. They need that person to pull them out. We're, we're here, man. We're, we're here. We got a, we got a big old tractor trailer. We'll pull you all the way out of that hole. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Sam. <laughs> Yo, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye.